It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. get into this song. Man, long walk. What the hell they decided to play this song for? What do you want to talk about homeless people? I just saw Anthony Weiner, the homeless guy that I saw on the uh, E-Train, which is the moving homeless hotel on my way here to broadcast with you, Anthony. And they're everywhere on the E-Train, which has always been the case. If you're going to find homeless people sleeping on the uh, subway, it's going to be on the E-Train because it has the Longest run underground of any of the many subway lines from the World Trade Center down to Jamaica Station, where you could either catch the J train or you could catch the uh, train to the plane. And they're all there. I mean, mean, you just walk up and down. The A is still the longest in terms of time and length, right? Yeah, but you don't want to be a homeless person on the A train laid out there because you go through some really tough neighborhoods. (laughs) So it's E, E for excellence. But anyway... Anthony Weiner, you know that I'm on the cusp of potentially setting a world record here in the Guinness uh, Book of uh, World Records of Broadcasting. As you see, our owner-operator, uh, John Katsimatidis, uh, actually said on Thursday morning the following. Curtis is going for the record. See, that's all he had to say in the morning. Yep. Uh, you went to the New York Post full-page ad that John took out that indicated you would hear me almost all day Thursday, almost all day yesterday, Friday, almost all day Saturday, almost all day Sunday, that would give me an opportunity to establish a new world record. And I'm on the cusp of doing that. I'm halfway there, Anthony, halfway there. You know, I I had a a bit role in this in that I went to John, too, and I said, hey, I hear Frank Morano's not going to be around. Can I do some filling in? I'm always looking for – I'm like, I took your advice. You know, always take – Whenever there's any real estate, you want to try to grab it as best you can. Take it. And uh, so John said, uh, John said, no, we're going to let Curtis go for the record. If you want to be there to back him up so when he falls over, you can catch him and prop him up because he doesn't use any of this Adderall stuff, doesn't use any of these drugs or anything else. And then we checked with the Guinness Book. People said, no, if you want to break the record, you've got to do it completely solo, just you and the microphone and your rotating cast of characters on the other side of the glass so how are you doing? Well, I should tell the listeners, you don't look terrible. You look okay. How's it going so far? Well, I look a little disheveled. I look like I could have been a homeless person myself <laughs> on that E-train. Uh, as long as I get four hours. Now, it doesn't matter when the four hours are. You could bifurcate it. It could be a little catnap. Can I say catnap? Or will I offend my wife, Nancy? <laughs> I can take little catnaps throughout a 24-hour period. 
but it has to equal four hours. And I learned that uh, from reading the history of Thomas Edison over in Edison, New Jersey. What he would do is, because he didn't want to go to sleep, he would sleep with his legs elevated on the desk, which causes your kidneys to start to growl, which forces you to get up and you have to slip off to the right. uh, the little boy's room. And you're not going to go back to sleep because your body is so angry at you. And I use that Thomas Edison trick. Well, I tell you, so I have this aura ring which monitors your sleep. And they, you know, all the stuff on their app says your body has a certain clock, that it's used to sometimes being asleep, sometimes it's used to being awake. But when the way you're doing it, do you notice that your performance is better on the radio during certain times than others? Yeah, well, the, the more um, tired I am, the more I get into theater of the mind. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like I'm in a drug-induced psychosis. Yes, Curtis, we've, we've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So the more tired I am, the more entertaining I am, because i got to entertain myself in order to stay awake. And I'm constantly barking out orders to people to go to sleep on me. The biggest embarrassment to somebody in talk radio is if people are going to sleep on you when you're broadcasting, particularly if you're going uh, to the break of dawn. So I think that's been my success is that I control people to stay awake. I scream at them. I holler. I play music that gets them very upbeat. It's a, a mood elevator. I don't want to depress them because they'll go right to sleep. And I don't do guests. Right. Now the you, quickest I- way to put somebody asleep is to have a freaking guest on who already, it's like they already know what they're going to say. You're not going to learn anything new. So I like to create that theater of the mind. And just yesterday... Uh, When I started out, I started talking about the Philippines, the Philippines where they crucify themselves to try to replicate Christ on uh, Good Friday. But also when it comes to gender fluid acceptance, I've been to the Philippines. I have guardian angels in the Philippines. You would think the most Catholic of all Catholic nations would abhor transgenderism. There they not only embrace it, they have beauty pageants. I went to one as an honored guest. I was one of the judges. I couldn't tell that these men, anatomically, they were still men, were not women. That's how good the transgenderism and the fluidity is. And nobody has problems with it. Nobody. Remember, this is the most Catholic of nations. They don't believe in birth control. Uh, you know, they really do follow the holidays. They really pack the churches. You see them even here in America when the Filipinos come here. Their churches are packed. So you say, maybe we should learn a lesson from them. Well, this is actually, we've gotten a pretty good taste of what it's like having you on the air for 24 hours. You just seamlessly went into Filipino lady men without me even noticing. I don't know how that wasn't in our rundown of the subjects we were talking about. But I have been listening, and as I said on my show, and I'm not saying this just because you're sitting here, the first 20 minutes of your first of your opening salvo of this record-breaking run that you're on was – as good as Curtis Radio as I have heard, it was a, it was seamless. It was it was upbeat. It was you you gave this defensive AM radio. Uh, you talk a little about the different styles of people who do the overnight because there are a lot of overnight characters across the nation. Yes, who see their job is to lull you quietly to sleep. Like people people like kind of keep a transistor radio on their chest. They want to go to sleep. And you argue that that's not the way to go. But it is. Uh, it's great to be. It, and if you at any point during this hour. Just need to lay your head down against the microphone and snooze a little bit, like some of your listeners do. Feel free. I'm 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 here for you. 
That would be the ultimate insult to you. Yes. As would my not co-host be. for this hour. <laughs> By the way, yeah, I was listening to you intently as you were talking about your first year on board and particularly this program in the middle. The reason, the only reason that you can get two people who differ to actually do good radio is if you let the other person talk. For instance, the other day I heard my husband-in-law, um, former Governor David Patterson, who is the stepfather to my oldest son, Anthony, and he was on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. And he was a guest, and he came on and he said, you know, I was looking through the indictment here, and there's a lot of information here that's going to make it very, very difficult for the legal team defending Donald Trump to avoid a guilty uh, finding by a jury. I'm telling you, they jumped him. They get, they gave him a bris. They chopped off his three-piece set. He couldn't talk. They, like, bum-rushed him. And I said, whoa, isn't that exactly what Alan Dershowitz said? You wouldn't do it to Alan Dershowitz. He said exactly the same. They got enough information here that they can find him guilty. I just feel that on appeal they'll throw the decision out of a jury. But you let people talk. That's what I do overnight. I don't want guests... But I let callers talk if they have something to say and they can tell a story that teaches us something that we didn't know before. But this constant cutting off people, cutting off callers, not letting them express themselves. Well, what the hell do you even bother having a caller on? Why do you have somebody on who disagrees with you if immediately you're going to come out like a memorial uh, you're going to be blindfolded with a Ginsu knife and you're going to chop off their manhood. Yeah, and, and the same is true. You also talked about this, and this is a lesson I've learned from you. You know, my my dad the other day complained, why are you letting the music play so long? Like, listen, that's letting the music breathe is another thing like letting a listen, like letting a, a caller get his words and to get, get let your co-host do it. it. It's a way, particularly in the overnight, where you have that different rhythm. People are not racing through. You know, if someone, ha- if you have a song that you've chosen, let it, let it play. Well, now this crew is choosing music. From, oh the pot, from the God. bottom of the discount bin. Oh, where the hell they picked this? Remember, back, look, remember back in the day, by the way, you used to have those bins at Corvettes that had the little notch taken out of the record, yes, like yes. the ones they couldn't sell. Yes. You, you can get those for 99 yeah, cents. Yeah, it's like yeah. the dented cans at the old <laughs> exactly, AMP, right? Exactly. Uh, but I will tell you this. Look at our morning show. Uh, Sid Rosenberg and his friends, and especially Lou, his board op- operator, defy what used to be... The matter of doing a morning show. Play a little music, five seconds, get right into it. He'll play a whole song. Yeah. And the audience can't get enough of that because it isn't all just talk. It's how you conflate the music with your subject matter, your discussion, and let the other people talk. That's what talk radio. It's not about you dominating the discussion. It's not about you cutting off somebody that disagrees with you. In fact, if you have somebody on who disagrees with you, that's gold. Right. That's like pearl dime. Let them talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Or then it's just a chorus of the amen chorus. I agree with you. You couldn't be more hopelessly right. I turn it off. Look, I listen to WABC as much as you do, Anthony, and everybody else. But when I hear cacophony of people who are all repeating one another like parrots, it's not interesting to me. I'd rather listen to uh, electronic dance music. I'd rather listen to that. No, I think that's right. I, I think, And also the other thing about, about callers is there part of the rhythm that, you know, again, I'm learning talk radio. I've listened to it a lot, but now I'm learning. Part of the rhythm of the of the program is picking up on the rhythm of the call. I say, well, it used to be early on here, you know, I, I get a fair number of Anthony Weiner, you're a bum kind of calls. 
I I feel it's really important to, to let those people on the air just so listeners know that someone's getting that view out there, having sure. a, having that kind of diversity view. Look, we do have a problem, and I've described this in both liberal media and conservative media, that it's one hand clapping. It's the same people saying the same stuff over and over again, and I think that people are thirsty for something different. I use the example of my mom. My mom, a fairly liberal NPR listener, okay, she tunes in, but she's interested in getting a little friction. She wants to hear the other side. Sure, she wants a sure. little bit of that, and but she tunes in sometimes to conservative radio or liberal radio, and you don't get it. You no. wind up, you don't get any of that, and any of that, you know, kind of heat that sometimes comes from people disagreeing. Although with I, I will tell you this, the other morning, uh, John, who was substituting for Send uh, all week uh, doing morning radio, uh, had on it was uh, Andrew Giuliani. It was Friday morning. Uh, pretty right, strong. Right. I'm trying to connect the dots on all the hours because <laughs> I'm going around the clock. I was on that first hour from uh, 6 to 7. But he had on um, Melissa DeRosa, who was the former chief of staff. They call her secretary. They wasn't sex. She was chief of staff. You didn't get to see Andrew Cuomo as governor unless you dealt with the gatekeeper, Melissa uh, DeRosa. And you know what a gatekeeper can do. If you can't negotiate your way with the day, a gatekeeper, guess what? It'll be a dark day in hell before you see that governor or that mayor. And she did a very good job of that. I disagree with everything else she did, but a very good job of that. And she was going at it with John and Andrew, disagreeing. And it made for interesting radio. And they let her talk. Now, as much as I disagreed with some of her conclusions, if you don't let the other side talk, why the hell would you even want to bother listening to them if the moment they disagree with you, you cut them off, you shout at them, you scream, you don't know what you're talking about? Hey, um, we saw what happened in Chicago, right? Uh, when in that first run up to the election, you know, when they had the preliminary round, uh, the mayor there, who was not well received in that town because of all the crime and other things, she was just like yeah, wigging out. Laura Leitchel was not good at her job. So she loses in the primary round. And then you have a guy left who was the superintendent of schools, a moderate Democrat, but very milquetoast. I mean, oh my God, boring valors. Against an up and coming socialist, Johnson was filled with fire. And every, oh, you know, Eric Adams told me, this is the change that we've been looking at. And I'm. I got guardian angels in Chicago. No, 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 no. He's going to lose, Valis. This guy, Johnson, is going to put all of them together on the far left. They're going to realize we don't want this guy, Valis, because he's pro-cop. He's pro-police union. And there, the cops have been very brutal at times. They have a history of brutality. And he won this election, and everyone's shocked. No, because they're out there. They better organize these socialists. You saw what they did in Wisconsin. You saw what they did in Tennessee. How stupid of the Republicans to have a vote on the floor of the legislature to throw three of these people out, people I didn't even know, right? All of a sudden, they're international figures. Yeah, yeah. They're all like victims. And then they toss the two young black men out, and they keep the elderly white woman. I mean, could you be any dumber than that for what? Walking into the chambers with a bullhorn? Yeah. No, but they, they, the Chicago thing, and we can talk about both of them, but the Chicago thing is a classic example of you got to – if you're not in that town and you don't see the ebb and flow, I would always hear from people when Mario Cuomo was our governor. Oh my God, you're so lucky you have married. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, he should run for president. I'm like, I don't think he'd carry New York right now. I mean, we always know better. You can look on paper and say, Val's, 
Vallis once described himself as closer to a Republican than a Democrat. You say that kind of thing. That's all a primary in, in today's divided world. You've shot yourself in the foot. And what it, it that race came down to was the, this third group. You had African-Americans voting for african Look, you know, we, we all talk about the idea that that uh, Eric Adams is the more conservative candidate in the primary. If he was a white guy taking those positions, I'm not sure he would have won. No, we're, we're, we are we are a majority minority city now. Our electorate is 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 that way. When I ran as kind of a pro law enforcement Democrat, that was in 2005. We're a different city even just from then to now. And the same is true in Chicago. You can't judge these things from afar. And in Tennessee, hey, I agree with you 100. It is talk about killing a mosquito with a bazooka. Oh my god! They have now made icons out of these two guys, and relatively modest things that they did. I mean, you know, you've seen. Well, well, when we come back, I want to use you as an example of what you did in the well of the House of Representatives against Peter King. By the way. Peter King is going to want to impale himself later on with the shredded Mike Piazza bat and all Met fans because your number one cheerleader at the start of the year was the one that Peter King is responsible for in the Nassau County GOP, George Santos, who did a video with a throwback Met jersey on. What was that, Piazza's jersey? I didn't see a number, but... That was such a disgrace. Oh, Peter King... And remember, this is Peter King's uh, moment of triumph that uh, um, uh, that uh, or, or, or Good Friday Accord for Northern Ireland right. almost shredded. And Peter King was able to put it all back together again like Humpty Dumpty. So in his moment of glory, then to have to look at George Santos in a Met jersey. Go, Mets, <laughs> go. And he even blew that. Uh, when we come back, we got to go down to Tennessee. And say, Republicans, are you out of your freaking mind? You've made heroes of these three internationally. For what? For what? Right here on Left versus Right. And remember, warming up in the bullpen is Anthony Weiner. No, no, no. I know. I know. He's a warm-up picture for the match. We're not going to talk about that. That's <laughs> later on. Warming up to do an additional hour by himself as it's all live and local right here on WABC. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Long distance information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Help me find the party. Try to get in touch with What is this, Chuck Berry? The pedophile on a pedestal? Tell that to Cousin Brucey, who always plays him. What are we playing Chuck Berry for? What is what is wrong with us? They're doing Tennessee. Boy, that's a big stretch. Still, you got to let the music breathe. We just were talking about that. Chuck Berry, a pedophile on a pedestal. But anyway, let's get right into it. 
All right, so there you are in the Tennessee State Legislature. You had these two young African-Americans of whom I did not recognize, Anthony, and an older white woman, all in solidarity. You must have been surprised to learn there were even three Democrats in the Tennessee Legislature. Yeah, I mean, look, no biggie. <laughs> there are demonstrations in legislatures all the time. I remember, remember, in Michigan, when there was opposition to the governor, and they went in there with guns. They didn't quite make it into the chambers, but they went into the lobby and everybody was bent out of shape over that. I don't know if any legislators joined them at that point, the Republicans. But in this case, they threw them out. They threw the two young African-American guys out of the legislature. They kept the white woman, and, you know, basically gave her a slap on the wrist. And I said, you know, if I were the Democrats, this is what I would have concocted to show how stupid the Republicans are, how out of out of sync they are. Now they've made them heroes, not just in the hood, but which they may have represented in urban area, but a hero to all young people. Well, let's let's back up and get a little little premise here. There are these protests that were going on, largely young people, because of the shooting that took place in Nashville. And there is no way in heck that this Republican legislature, which has a – if there's a supermajority there, like a mega supermajority in Tennessee, one of those right-wing – conservative states in the entire country. So they have these protests, and as part of these protests, these three Democrats go to the well, and they're using a megaphone, and they're violating every rule next to Thursday. They're not getting recognized, breaking rules left and right, and this is the reaction. So the protesters began as like a bunch of young people. The protests have even gotten bigger. Now, they, they write a session on Friday, so we don't know how... And now these, like you said, three protesters in the well violating the rules, the two African-Americans get thrown out of the body. <laughs> they don't get sanctioned. They don't lose their offices. They don't get whatever. They get thrown out of the body. And the 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 way this is going to play out is because of the way the law is written, now their local city councils have to choose who's going to replace them. They're going to choose the same guys. Yeah. You can't be thrown out for the same thing twice. You know, you don't want to make a martyr out of someone. And these guys, are, the Republicans, have violated every rule. And then, you know, we don't have any cuts of it, but to hear the condescension of the way these Republican leaders were talking to these African-American men, they're reinforcing all of kind of like all of the war stereotypes of the civil rights that, era. The Republican Party is the party of January 6th. I see that on MSNBC like every 24 hours. It's sort of like you really want to take to task these three legislators right, right. for using a bullhorn. A bull they didn't desecrate any property. They didn't attack any statues you should, you or should. pictures. They should. You see, now, I never violated decorum when I was in the House. I was always level-headed. I always people sometimes said, what are you saying? Because they couldn't hear me because I whispered at the microphone so often. I was kind of a shrinking violet. Oh, sure you were. I was a shrinking violet. As a matter of fact, that's what they called me, Anthony Shrinking Violet Wiener. Who could ever forget? It was like ammonia and bleach. You and Congressman Peter King at that time, as you were going at one another in the well of the house, probably the most watched C-SPAN episode of all time, because normally... You guys would be in the well and nobody would be in the audience and nobody be watching. But, man, you set it off with Peter King. Gentlemen, oh, thinks that if he gets up and yells hard, if he's going to intimidate people into believing he's right, he is wrong. The gentleman is wrong. The gentleman is providing cover for his colleagues rather than doing the right thing. 
Now, you went on and on. Did the sergeant of arms come and drag you and take you away? Did they cite you for having broken the rules? Uh, you didn't need a megaphone there. You didn't need uh, an extra microphone. You were, like, blasting away. You well, put everybody on blast. Well, here's one of the things I, I, I always remind people about that cut and about that speech. You heard me refer to Peter King as a gentleman. Throughout, I lost that one. Throughout the, no, throughout the, play it again. Listen to how I refer to Peter King. Gentlemen, no, that if he gets up and yells on him, he's going to intimidate people into believing he's right. He is wrong. The gentleman is wrong. The gentleman is providing cover for his colleagues rather than doing the right thing. So I, I, I prided myself, and I, it's funny, I was appointed by Nancy Pelosi. I was one of a half dozen people that since we were very good, we knew the rules very well. I would frequently chair contentious votes because I knew the proceedings very well. Comes from my days working for Schumer back in the 80s. I'm a bit of a rules nerd. But I was, I observed regular order. Now I was loud, and people don't usually get loud and angry. But take that, take the same, there were many ways that they could have sanctioned and punished these guys for using. They shouldn't have done it. A bullhorn on the floor, whatever it is. They were trying to. This is what happens when you're in a tidy minority. You try to do the best that you can to get attention. But to make it, you know, you know, when you shut these guys, you make them martyrs. That's all you're really doing. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and sure, I was yelling and frequently. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Nancy Pelosi, when they were in the minority, went down and had a sit in on the floor. And they had they were live streaming it. They were violating rules left and right. And the Republicans had to make a decision at that point. This was 2017. They had to make a decision what to do. And they basically decided we're going to ignore them. <laughs> you know, why give them any right. more of or, a megaphone? Or what we all saw, because that was a situation that obviously really only people following the legislative process would have seen. What about the State of the Union address, the president of the United States at that time, hands a speech over to Nancy Pelosi and in front of the nation in, with both Senate, uh, House Representative, United States Supreme Court judge, uh, everybody there. She rips it up. She basically did what uh, Sinead O'Connor did, remember, on <laughs> with, Saturday Night with the Live. portrait of the Pope. Right, right. And nothing happened. And I'm saying to myself, Anthony, I'm saying to myself, these people out of their mind these these three are going to be beatified, and these two young African-American guys, because the white woman didn't get the same charge, even though she was in solidarity with them. Wow, you're just reinforcing images from the 60s. How incredibly stupid yeah. in a party that desperately is trying to show many black faces that, yeah, we have black uh, support from men and women, a lot of young people, if you look at Fox News Channel, a lot of younger African-Americans uh, who are presenters or who get interviewed. And then you see something like that, and you say, are, are you purposely sabotaging the Republican Party? Yeah. And and also, and you're right about the other thing, which is when January 6th was, you know, it's still, you know, if everyone wants to, and some, some people were texting me, so though you're being too hard on them, this is, they, they look. It looks a lot like the January sixth. No, it's not. a bunch of people protesting about guns rights. I mean, here's what happens, and we talk about this sometimes on the middle. When any party has too much control, and this is true in Albany in 2023 too. If any party has too much control, they lose their their bearings. Yeah. They start to think they can get away with anything. They can do anything. No consequence will ever come to them. And that's what the Republican Party in Tennessee was like. These Republicans were like, we can do anything we want. We have beyond a supermajority. We can afford to lose seven or eight and still be the supermajority. 
Then they start to do these things. They, they don't need to watch out for the middle anymore in Tennessee. But, but look, look at how quickly the National Democratic Party jumped all over this. Uh, they dispatched the vice president of the United States who gave an impassioned speech. I haven't ever heard her that impassioned. You know, as much as I disagree with her, man, she was fire and brimstone. Because it's an issue that the Democrats can exploit against the Republicans, who at times look like the fuddy-duddy party of just old white men and women. Why would you, why would you do this? And is, did anybody pick up the phone at the RNC? Did McCarthy pick up the phone, even though he doesn't hold sway over the state legislative process or any of the big Republicans and say, what are you doing down there? Stop this nonsense. We're watching them 24-7, 365. In fact, two of the younger African-Americans had bags under their eyes from all the interviews they were doing all over the world. And and you cannot, you can't go five five names on Twitter without someone raising money for these guys. These guys have millions of dollars now for these these little uh, legislative races. Look, this is not going to mean much of anything. We'll stop paying attention to the Tennessee legislature tomorrow, whatever it is. The Wisconsin judge race, no one's going to pay much attention to that. But here's a problem. This has become a problem for the Republican Party, that they have lost their bearings. We're spending so much time staring at Donald Trump that we've lost sight of the fact that this Republican Party doesn't win much anymore. And they don't seem to learn any lessons. They seem to keep doing the same kind of dumb things, and that doesn't benefit the party at all. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, I'm battling the far left. As you know, I've taken on the socialist AOC. I'm engaged with the Ronald Reagan Club that we've opened up, Republican Club in the heart of Astoria, which was unheard of. These people are organized. They are passionate. You, I disagree with them, but they're passionate. They get their people out there. Their meetings are packed, and I'm not talking about virtual meetings. They have that, too. Uh, They can fill up uh, an assembly hall quite readily within, like, 24 hours. Republicans have difficulty, as do moderate Democrats, getting 12 people in a room sometimes, and the only reason they're there is their patronage appointees, and they have to be there if they want to keep their political job. So if you don't wake up after what you saw in Chicago, oh, no way this guy could get elected. Yeah, you know who was with him every step of the way? Bernie the Altacanca Sanders. The other socialists came in and campaigned with him. Who came in? Did Eric Adams go in there and say, I'm a moderate Democrat. This is the right way to go. You can't go left. No, all they did was make statements in their, yeah. in their home cities. You had to get out there and campaign with the candidates. That's why this guy, Vallis, lost and Johnson won. The socialists went in there. In fact, your boss... Remember, in the Buffalo election, it's Byron Brown, who had been there forever. Your boss, previously, Schumer, went there and actually endorsed the socialists, campaigned for the socialists. And a lot of people were wondering if AOC decides to run against Gillibrand, which right now is 50-50. What will Chuck Schumer do? You know Chuck better than anybody. Oh, well, no, but the... the the, I think the point in, in that, the socialist was our was the Democratic nominee. Correct. That had won the primary. Hey, there is no doubt about it. I... I I did something that it, I would recommend all our listeners do. I went and I spent a couple hours listening to AOC's YouTube page and listening to her Instagram page to try to figure out what's it. And I came away with two conclusions. One, there's not a lot of there there. It's not a lot of real substance beneath the slogans. But the two is they're good at it. They're good at the slogans. They're excellent. They're good at getting the word out. They're good at making kind of every every answer seem very simple and glib. You know, they, they're – and it's not to be underestimated. And you're right. 
there is the the differences. The Republican Party has their fringe too, but they have the Marjorie Taylor lunatics. They their people have no appeal to young people there. They have no appeal to kind of a, you know a, a real coalition building kind of thing. Um, and and but I I agree that you're seeing it every day with the Ronald Reagan Republican Club there. That you know you're right in the belly of the beast. You're you're in AOC's cabans. They home. are Anthony. To be honest, they're socialists. They're not Democrats. But the Democrats have given them cover when they allowed Bernie Sanders to run in the presidential primary. Remember, he's never been a Democrat to this day. He's not registered as a Democrat. He may caucus with the Democrats in the Senate. But once they allowed socialists in, they know how to organize. Yeah, but the label is meaningless. Well, there is a differentiation between Democrats and socialists, just like there's a differentiation between Republicans and, remember, the old Tea Party. There's yeah, a big but, difference. But you, you use socialist as if it means something to voters, and it's a, it is a hot word, but practically speaking, for the issues of the day, there's not a huge difference between the Democrats. Well, you know who it Republican makes a big party. difference to that I find? Immigrants who have come here, whether legal, illegal, or seeking asylum, who are coming from countries... That had socialist or communist. Well, regimes. let me ask you this. Let me ask you, is Social Security socialist? It was, yes. Is Medicare socialist? Yes, it was. Okay, so these these public schools. You forgot public schools. Yeah, I mean, Eugene we, B. Debs. We yes. have no. We have an, an element of our society is socialist that we do things together as a community. So, like, we use the word because it's a really it's a it's it's kind of like this word woke, you know. To some people, it means like it's a really bad thing. To some people, like I don't understand the problem with it. You can use the tag, but at the end of the day, the difference between this is why I think a lot of moderate Democrats have won here in New York is because they say, what's the difference? You want to call it one thing or another. We support higher taxes on the wealthy, lower taxes on the middle class. We support public schools. We support uh, um, health care for Americans. I mean, that's what socialism is. It's a fairly popular thing. Yeah, but they're looking at those moderate Democrats. They're licking their chops, and they know they can take them out in primaries. So, look, moderate Democrats, don't think you're going to use uh, Republicans, the few that are here, as rent-direct Democrats, you know, as Hessians That's and mercenaries. Are. That's what you guys are crash test dummies for us. That's no, what, yeah, you what, I, what I say to the Democrats who attend our meetings is, I don't want you to become Republicans. I want you to fight for your party. Sure, you can come to our meetings because we have some mutual interest. But I don't want to do this, oh, switch your party and become Same. a mercenary and a Hessian. That proved not to work. It doesn't. It shows weakness. You 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 should be proud same. that you're I'm, a moderate I'm a Democrat. I'm a hundred percent same. I, and I made this point in the last hour. I I'm in favor of Republicans who kind of stand up against their fringe. Yes. I don't want them to be Democrats. I just think that the country's better off with the two fringes of the parties are pushed to the edge where they belong, and we can get to the job. Well, that's what I do. And remember, who called me a rhino first? This is before Trump was running in 2016. You're a rhino. You're a never Trumper. Yeah, yeah, and there's room in this party for rhinos and never Trumpers. What? What of it? What of? What are you? What are you gonna do? Throw me out? Huh? You gonna throw me out? No, they made me their nominee to become the Republican uh, candidate against Eric Adams. Anyway, it's left versus right, and this is the way it should be—a discussion, not a match in which you cut off each side. And then I didn't understand what Anthony said, and you didn't understand what I said because all that leads is to raising your blood pressure. And you don't have enough blood pressure medicine on you right now to keep you from stroking out and being brought into the ICU. 
It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. This. Give you a passing grade for this. It's a mood elevator. A mood elevator. I like it. It's uh, who is it? It's uh, what 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 Mar- can we call? Mar- uh, uh, Light R and B. Stay with me, Calvin Harris. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it electronic dance music, but it's okay. It's all right. Mood elevated. Here's what it is. It's. It's market tested, like it's the perfect, you know, kind of like like um, uh, uh, elevator music used to be. Like yes. It's so carefully structured that it's inoffensive, but it really has no sharp edges. It just is. Makes but you feel good. Makes fine. you feel good. It's now, fine. two things. I have seen an endless series of TV commercials attacking DeSantis. <laughs> DeSantis is against Social Security. DeSantis is against Medicare. DeSantis is against... And it's being sponsored by all pro-Trump PAC groups. You turn on Fox News Channel every break. It's a anti-DeSantis commercial. This guy has not announced that he's running. And yet it's endless, endless. And all misinformation, I might add. You know, as much as we were angry, at least I was, uh, you know, the no-say gay bill and all that. Come on, that's not exactly what it was. Come on, let's call it what it was. This is more misinformation. I'm I'm saying to myself, they're attacking this guy before he even gets out of the Are they attacking from the left or from the right? Like, how are they doing it? Basically, they're, they're attacking him by making him appear... As if it's a Democratic ad. You know, he's against Social Security. He's against Medi. Look at what he's done there. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're eating your own babies? What is it? This to be no bench? This is a cult of personality for Donald Trump? Donald Trump has said over and over, if I don't win the primary, I'm going to run as a third-party candidate. That's That's a rhino. Republican in name only. If you're saying, if well, I don't he win... But, but here... He's doing what the what the textbook says you should do in this circumstance. You have a, a a popular but relatively unknown opponent. You hit him when he's in the crib. You get him before he can he can he can um, define himself. You get out and define him. I mean, if you're going to spend money as Donald Trump right now, what how, what better way to spend it on than knocking his, than, than knocking the legs it's out? It's not him. good for the party. It's attacking potential candidates who, even if they don't win this time, may win in the future. Uh, All it is is creating the Republican Party as a cult of Donald Trump. If you're opposed to Donald Trump, they're basically saying there is no room for you in this party. So where are you going to go? There aren't enough Republicans to win elections. Do people realize that in many states there are now more independents registered than there are Republicans? And if you're going to win national elections, as we saw in the last cycle... You don't win the rep- uh, independents as Republicans. You don't beat the Democrats. So why are you attacking potential opponents? Now, look, what do the Democrats have? Well, let's see. You had uh, the woman who had run the last time. Who's Mar- Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, who says she's the younger candidate, but she's in her <laughs> 70s. But I want her to run. I want there to be primaries. And now we have RFK Jr. I disagree with him on most instances. 
But at least you're going to have primaries. At least there's going to be a challenge to the sitting president. It is ironic that it was a Kennedy years ago, Ted, who challenged the sitting president, Jimmy Carter. And now another Kennedy years later, who's totally different than Ted, who will be challenging uh, the sitting president, Joe Biden. I want to encourage that, not discourage it. Look, I, I agree. But from a purely tactical perspective, I understand what Trump is doing. It's been successful. If you look at these states, in New Hampshire in particular, he has widened his lead over DeSantis. DeSantis has to has to figure out what he's going to do and do it already. Now, from what I understand, if he decides to run for president, he has to he has to step down as governor. Is that the way the Florida statute works right now? He's trying to his col- his his colleagues will change it, I imagine, to accommodate him. But this is what DeSantis. This is what he's going to be in for. This is going to be a tough run for him, I believe, and I think you agree with me. With or without these ads, I think Trump is going to be the nominee. And then Biden is the nominee, and it's a replay of 2020 all over again, and most people don't want that. I think that's Most right. people do not want that. Most people believe, like I believe, which is out with the old, in with the new. I don't want to rehash 2020. Yep. I don't want all this craziness. Trump is going to be prosecuted all through this election process. Joe Biden is going to become more feeble, more incapable of controlling his mental and physical faculties it's time. Yep. These I, guys I, don't want to let go. I, I have said if the American people got a chance to vote on a constitutional amendment limiting the age of presidents effective immediately at like 72, so neither one of the two nominee, the two candidates could run, I think Democrats and Republicans would reach across the aisle, shake hands and say, we'll get rid of yours, you get rid of our, you know, whatever it is. You get rid of Trump, we're going to get rid of Biden. I think that the American people would be happy. You know, hipsters and millennials, what is wrong with you? You you just let people, my generation, the baby boomers, just continue to dominate. We are not the majority. Hipsters and millennials are the majority in this country. And they basically, they're supporting grandpas. Grandpas. Hey, Grandpa Trump. Hey, Grandpa Biden. Hey, go in the ring again. You know, this reminds me. Remember, there were two great boxing movies, right? You had Stallone as Rocky and De Niro maybe in one of the greatest movies of all time, Raging Raging Bull. Bull. So they decided they were going to do a movie in which the both of them were going to get back in the ring and battle one another. It was one of the worst movies of all time. That didn't actually happen, did it? Yes, it did. It was a horrible movie, maybe one of the worst ever made. And you think there's going to be interest in a rematch between Trump and Biden? Less people will vote. More people will be disinterested. And guess what? Women vote. Trump will lose. Women vote. Men talk trash. They're filled with levels of testosterone crashing through your head. You've looked at the analytics. I looked at my own race. The predominant number of people who vote, even though they tend to be the quieter, are the women. And Trump cannot win the female vote. Yeah, and I can't think of a single place that Trump has grown in four years. Like, who is suddenly the new Trump voters? I can see some younger voters who might be new Biden voters. Um, but, yeah, but that's what Biden says. They, when we Democrats, when we huddle together and say, oh, boy, this guy Biden, he seems like he's barely able to put one foot in front of another. The very next sentence is, yeah, but one thing we know he can do is beat Trump. And that's why he was chosen the first time. Remember all yeah. the candidates, yeah. even they were thinking, Andrew Cuomo, he could be our candidate. And then all of a sudden that ended in South Carolina, which said, no, Joe Biden yeah. can get the black vote. Joe Biden can get the female vote. He can be Trump. Poll after poll after poll said that. And has Trump improved his position since then, even though he's doing better in the polls nationally? 
The answer is Trump is going to continue to be Trump. We've seen that. He's yeah, not going to change. And you're right. When you take a look at who decides presidential elections, it's independent women. That's who it is. Suburban independent women who and who turned on Hillary Clinton because they, they for the, some of the same reasons we're talking about these two guys that they were just tired of Clinton's being, you know, every two, every two, four years, another Clinton is showing up. But the the what it really comes down to is they're like, I don't. I don't I've had enough of this. And this is why getting back to you know, the Trump thing, this is why people say, well, move the Trump thing to a different venue. He'll do better. No, suburban women don't like this tawdriness either. It's like not just Manhattan, Manhattan elite. You know, they, they don't seem to understand when he says horse face Stormy Daniels. There are so many women out there whose exes called them at some point in their contentious breakup of their relationship, whether it was uh, boyfriend-girlfriend, whether they were uh, supposed to get married or whether they were married. He keeps saying horse face. You know what? I, I see a lot of women, right? Horse face. That's what my husband called me. That's what my uh, boyfriend called me. That's what this guy called me. Or I saw on social network. Yeah, she's a horse face. Yeah, yeah. This guy doesn't understand. Women are the route to victory, not men with high levels of testosterone who talk a lot of trash and they don't vote. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. I want you gonna do. You wanna get out? To be a Met fan nowadays, to have Daddy Warbucks as your owner, Steve Cohen, spending mad money, mad money. You see that new scoreboard he bought for us? Yep. That is one big TV. State of the art. You needed it. You needed That's it, true. Dad. We did. And so it's a fan. It's more fan-friendly, uh, City Field, than Yankee Stadium. I hate Yankee Stadium. It's like a mall. Uh, City Field looks like a baseball park. It's more fan-friendly. The problem is the team that he has assembled with his money, if we look at what happened in Milwaukee, I might shirts at three home runs in a row. I'm, All right. All right. Hey, hey. Catch up. Catch up. It were four and four. We had a nice opening day win. A lot of we had a lot of where, you know, McNeil had a bunch of walks where I we have now had zero errors through eight games. Pretty sloppy game last night. We're doing. We're doing. Going to be okay. fine. We're going to be fine. Okay, but this was the problem for you, hardcore Met fans, for Sid Rosenberg, and especially for Peter King. He wears the Met right. logo on his chest. All of a sudden, the guy that Peter King and the Nassau County GOP supported in his run to be created. congressman right? created and accepted one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars from. They always leave that out <laughs> in order to leave him alone. He's Congressman George Santos, Republican. And he put this out to millions and millions of people on opening day for the Mets. Hey, guys. Today is opening day. As a good old Mets fan, I know you guys aren't going to be playing until April 6th back home. But in good old fashion, let's go Mets! Oh, God. I felt, as much as I hate the Mets... I felt for Med fans on that one. I said, "Oh my God, he didn't even do it right." He did it. This here's I, here's the malpractice. What's he doesn't have a single staffer who can tell who's a Mets fan who can say 
dude, you're doing this all wrong. And what's the old-fashioned thing? I don't uh. And By the way, he had on a throwback Mets jersey. I don't know. I, I'm thinking it's Piazza. I got to believe it's Piazza. Because so I would say even is now. That a, is that a gay thing? Don't, don't no. be mean. Don't be mean. No, not, not at okay. all. So all right. I see more Mike Piazza throwback jerseys than even any of the this modern Mets. This is true. He's beloved. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I think that you and Peter King and Sid Rosenberg should take this shredded Mike Piazza bat and impale yourself. I mean, isn't that in the Hall of Fame up in Cooperstown, that shredded bat? Impale yourself with something like that. George Santos trying to be Mr. Met. Hey, politicians who do sports, I got only one rule for you. Do it right. Just Otherwise, you shut up. Just don't bother. And to add insult to injury as you go through your New York Pets, uh, New York Post online, is I'm taking shots at Met I fans. See this. And some Met fans were agreeing with me. What are you even doing? Just clam up, you. It's just, this is... We're talking. This is a story about how many more people have New York Yankees license plates than Mets. Three thousand one hundred ten to nine hundred two. And out of nowhere, they New York Post quotes you for some reason. I'm a Yankee fan. We're talking platinum, top shelf, five star. Boasted uh, Curtis Lewa. The Mets. I mean, we're talking JV here. What are you taking a run at us for? Because you're so easy to attack. You're so easy to attack. So take that, Sid Rosenberg, who will be returning on Monday, I think. Take that, Anthony Weiner, who continues on in the next hour solo, and especially on a weekend where Peter King was dancing, you know, the Irish jig, because of how he put that uh, Good Friday Accord back together to put keep the peace in Northern Ireland. I applaud him for that because it had pretty much splatted. And then to see that the man that the Nassau County GOP anointed, that Peter King supported... <laughs> George Santos was cheering on your beloved Mets. You all should impale yourselves with crucifixes, menorahs over this religious holiday. Oh, my God. The next thing, George Santos will be down on City Field as Mr. Met shooting T-shirts into the crowd during the seventh inning stretch. By standing on the wall. Get your back up. I heard.